Ah, perfect timing. I just turbocharged the ship's matter compressor. What's the matter compressor? Nothing's the matter, Fry. Now that I've turbocharged the matter compressor... Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 15, 2D Blacktop. Ben. I'm I'm you're <laughs> laughing already. I'm a little nervous. Well, it's mostly because I'm I'm this is a seat of the pants moment where I've like, oh crap, I have to remember what I usually do here. Uh-huh. If you were 2D. Yes. Who would you want to run into? Who would I want to uh-huh. run into if I were a two-dimensional being? Feel free to create a character if you'd like. Um so my gut says okay. somebody very small because I'm not going to be able to get around them any other way than stepping over them. Sure. So maybe like Yoda. Ooh. And then I can be like, sup Yoda, train me in the ways of two-dimensional Jediism, mm-hmm. uh, the two-dimensional force, as it were. Sure. And then um, if I get tired of his, his antics, I can just like, whoop, just like right over him. Mm-hmm. So I, like I think that. I think Yoda is a good choice. I also agree with the small aspect. I'd want to meet Osmosis Jones. Okay, so um, a, a, basically a cellular being. Uh huh. So tell me Very how small. tell me how that interaction would go, Mike. When you meet Osmosis Jones in so, a two dimensional environment. So here's the thing: he yes. touch me and then be inside of me because I think that's how Osmosis Jones happens. Um, <laughs> I've never seen this movie. I, I barely. I think it's. I don't remember who plays Osmosis Jones. I think it's Orlando. Somebody. Sorry, Sarah is outside in the other room. It's very hot in here because uh, it's uh, it's like an almost hundred degree day here in Portland. Yeah, it's hot. So we've got the window open so it doesn't get too hot. And you said, and I quote, <laughs> "He would touch me, and immediately be inside of me." Because that's how Osmosis works. And Sarah looked in here just shocked, just totally scandalized. It's osmosis. It's a cellular uh, process in which <laughs> which things within one cell go to another cell, I think. I'm pretty sure I'm close to that. Or something within the, the fluid around the cell enters the cell. Th- it's science is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's science, and, nothing, and I'm pretty close, perverted. I think. It's exactly. There's nothing perverted here. It's only science. Science can't be perverted, and everybody knows that. It's a well-established fact. Well-established so, fact. Ask Bill Nye, uh, the science guy. So me and Osmosis Jones are gonna have some adventures. So okay. So let's let's in two D world. So or Mario, I guess. Let's go with Mario. You touch Osmosis Jones. Okay, and then, we're going and back. Then to- he's he's immediately <laughs> inside of you. And mm-hmm. then what happens after that? He goes in an adventure through my insides while I have an adventure in the two D world because I don't know somebody's trying to capture osmosis jones and the best way to do it is to squish me and i don't want to be squished because being squished is bad i would prefer not to have that happen um and then at the end of the movie i guess i'm i'm pitching a sequel to osmosis jones at this point um osmosis jones and i like uh, we do a weird uh i do a high five and he high fives me from within my hand and then comes out of my hand and then we go our separate ways because we solve the problem of the guy that wanted to squish me. Okay, and what would you call this Osmosis Jones sequel? Osmosis Jones 2. Can't get squished. Okay, all right. Yeah, and there's nothing perverted there at all. <laughs> okay. It's all science. So so I'm going to go meet one of the greatest Jedi Masters yep. of all time, and you're going to meet a, a microscopic organism that immediately enters your body uh-huh. the moment that sure. you meet him. Uh-huh. And I've never seen the movie, so I have no idea if th- that, that could be the plot of the movie actually. Okay. You never what know. do you think what do you think the plot of Osmosis Jones 1 is? Probably way more perverted than mine. 
I'll put it that way. Because there okay. is a... They, they might... They Okay, so here's the thing. They probably overplayed the joke in the first one. They're like, we can't make the joke again. I mean, he's osmosis. He's got to get in there. But let's not make the jokes. So it's less perverted. But, you know, there's a message behind it. Okay. So the plot yes, of osmosis, osmosis Jones... It's very raunchy. ...is more perverted than what you said. Uh, and they make... A joke a lot and that's so that was your answer yeah, to what is good, the plot of osmosis Jones. to be fair there are some thin plots in movies so yeah that's the one okay he's just getting inside everything that's what the jokes that's, they make that's in. the that's the that's third one the osmosis jones in. three <laughs> he gets inside of everything <laughs> osmosis jones three colon he gets inside of everything colon including your colon <laughs> I I'm, I find it interesting that the episode or the uh, the movie title just ends at your. So I'm. Oh wait, is there uh, subtle wordplay at the end about perhaps? Ooh. Um. We're we take Osmosis Jones from my imagined first one where it's very raunchy to a very wholesome one to a very wordplay one. I like it. By the time you get around to a third movie, mm-hmm. you've either got to go heavy on the wordplay. Or you end up in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, where they go back in time for some reason, mm-hmm. and it's not as good as the first two. Sure. I will say that the TMNT Turtles in Time game is pretty good, though. Yes. Very different. Very different part of the franchise. Yes. Um, but just saying that time travel is not indicative of a poor TMNT uh, uh, experience. You you got me there. That's more me changing the subject entirely. So let's change the subject to 2D Blacktop, the Futurama episode. Oh, wow. We do that on this podcast, huh? So uh, we start out at Planet Express, where they are going to deliver this fabulous, delicate chandelier. If anyone breaks it, they have to pay for it. Fry did it. What? Oh, uh, Bender just decides to like, yeah, you he's, know, he's practicing for it. Uh, he he preemptively blames Fry for breaking the chandelier. Um, fortunately, the professor has just supercharged the ship's matter compressor. What's the matter compressor? Nothing that now that I've supercharged the matter compressor. I love that joke. I wrote down how much I love that joke. It uh, spoiler alert. That's my favorite joke in the episode. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. And it is like the 10th line in the episode yeah, it is wordplay we know we are noted fans of wordplay it's true here like osmosis jones 3 oh, my favorite one of the series oh clearly it's the best one the second one i do i am partial to because i'm in it but the third one is better i mean i think i think uh, objectively it is a better movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in fact i think they should spin it off to a new uh I, I uh, a, a new series where there's a talking colon. I lo- lost track of that sentence halfway through. Wow. And, um, and I realized it wasn't a good joke. No. And I couldn't I couldn't pull the ripcord. I had to do it. So I, I uh, listeners, I'm very sad. I, I, I apologize. I, I do feel like there's probably someone who was in Die Hard Two and is like, it's no Die Hard Three, but I was in Die Hard Two. <laughs> That's so. probably fair, actually. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's objectively not anywhere as good as Die Hard 3, which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. But I was in Die Hard 2, so like... R- remind me for a moment, which one is Die Hard 2? Is that the one with Samuel L. Jackson or is that 3? 3 is the one with Samuel L. Jackson. Okay, because that is a great movie. It's a great movie. 2 is the one where uh, they are uh, at an airport and his wife is stuck on an airplane that can't land because terrorism mm-hmm. so it's similar to speed where the airplane they're, has to keep going at a specific speed well and because they're, no? they're there's a plane trying to uh uh like transfer a like war criminal general and there's a plot to like free him or something it, it's, it, it's yeah die hard three sounds bad i've seen die hard three and it's very good mm-hmm. very so, enjoyable uh so yes, the matter compressor is my favorite joke mm-hmm. in the whole episode. It's, it's a very good as, one. As evidenced by my immediate decision to talk an awful lot about the Die Hard franchise. <laughs> um, this is, uh, Leela asks the professor to add seatbelts instead of making the ship faster. 
Uh, the professor needs the need feels the need for speed, while Lila likes the nafty for safety. Which no. I it's kind of neat. Not as good wordplay no. though. I mean, nafty is not a word, but I I like the sentiment of the joke. It's it's joke adjacent, like most of our podcast. Right. So, uh, I feel like if if Futurama's coming into our turf, something's wrong. The professor says something about how uh, Leela never takes safety into account when she's upgrading her bazooms. Or I don't remember how he words it. So because because apparently people will stare, and then uh, this is when Scruffy falls down and breaks his spine because he was looking at the bazooms and compliments the bazooms. And I'm like, the best part of this is I done broke my spine, mm-hmm. and that's it. The rest of it, I could toss it. We could get another reason that Scruffy could break his spine. There are certainly other ways. He has an awful lot of pornographic material, like. He could have just, you know, gone back to his bunk. Yeah. Checked out National Pornographic. I mean, he, she could be, like, juggling instead. That'd be something to, like, gawk at. Like, whoa, she can juggle. Oh, I broke my spine. I, I'm sorry. I done broke my spine. The Planet Express crew gets ready to go off and deliver this chandelier. Mm-hmm. And three seconds, maybe not even that, after takeoff. It's less than that because the there's a cool time stop thing and it's the oh, yeah, like camera Matrix. circles around yeah. and then it crashes. It's um, great. It's it's a funny little gag. And so they all walk out of the ship with like bits of chandelier sticking out of them. Looks painful. It looks very painful. They don't they seem to not care at all, at all about the pain. They're functioning on pure rage at this point. It's like a barbarian in Dungeons and Dragons. You, That's ha- fair. you hit that rage, you ignore uh some some of your wounds, it's fine. Like once that rage wears off, it's gonna take multiple rounds for them to be able to rage again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got all the pain and the status modifiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's they're all in this moment. They're all barbarians. Mm-hmm. That makes sense for pretty much all yeah, characters. That yeah. absolutely makes sense. Thank uh-huh. you for noticing. And, and the professor's a wizard. So, uh, the they're like, okay, we are gonna get rid of this. We're gonna have someone haul it off. We're gonna get a new, safer ship. And the professor's like, if you don't want Bessie, which he he just named the yeah, ship. He just Bessie. finished na- naming it. Yeah. If you don't want Bessie, you don't want me. And he storms out. Of a hole that Sal uh, creates when he comes and drags the ship out. Um, he is very upset. He goes to the impound lot and uh, he's like, I'm going to turn you into a tepid rod. No, I'm going to turn you into a hot rod. I'm going to describe every car I drive forever as a tepid rod. That's fair. I mean, I I drive a Hyundai, so mm-hmm. you know, sure, it's a it's a fairly tepid rod. I think the joke lands better if you're actually like driving a Corvette or something. It's like this is my tepid rod. Everybody's like, "What's a hotter rod than that?" Ice cold. <laughs> Wait, that's not the prompt. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, so. thank you for the uh the feedback doing this with an audience is (laughs) weird it's a it's a live show for the one person who has is forced to listen to this and two cats um i guess every week's a live show for two cats so at impound lot 136 the happiest place on earth i didn't catch that that's that's nice the professor is setting about upgrading the ship mm-hmm. so he has a bunch of tools and he breaks into the impound lot mm-hmm. and he spends all night working on the ship uh the next morning this is when sal is setting up the morning meltdowns uh melting down i didn't catch the reference it's definitely a reference to something but i couldn't i i just didn't it didn't click in my brain and i didn't look it up but there's like a yellow buggy being that is saying, I can get you the money. And then it, he just kind of melts it down. Yeah, I know it's a thing. And I'm going to look it up because I know I should know the thing. Um, it's it's like a it's like a car. It's definitely a cartoon like dune buggy. But I don't know. 
Uh, what is the name of this episode? Two D. Blacktop. We go into the uh, the infosphere. You know it. Oh, thank God! I was worried there for a moment. Uh, I know they also do the speed racer car, which is which is a funny little gag. Speed buggy is the name of the little yellow buggy. Really? Mm-hmm. Speed buggy is a cartoon that was definitely a thing. It was probably before my time. Oh yeah, it was in the seventies. Oh yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, early eighties maybe. I mean, I watched it on the the Cartoon Network mm-hmm. back before the Cartoon Network had like all of its own original stuff. Yeah. They were just like, let's just show literally every Hanna Barbera cartoon that ever existed. How about some Speed Buggy? That's what you want. <laughs> and 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 young Ben is like, yes, give clearly, me more Speed Buggy. It, it left such a an impression on me <laughs> that you had to look up the name of the thing that I was like, that's a thing I know I have seen and immediately forgot. So yeah, the, the yellow buggy is speed buggy. And then the next thing is the Mach five. Well, he, he tries to melt the planet express ship, mm-hmm. but then the professor has basically covered it in junk enough yeah. to fly it off. Mm-hmm. And then, so sounds like, Oh, well onto the next one. And then it's the Mach five. And we get a, cl- a quick clip of Speed Racer, like going, oh, because he's like really upset yeah. that the you know the Mach Five is being it, destroyed. It's it's certainly a wonderful little cutaway to Speed Racer, a la the show, um, which I just really enjoyed. Like poor animation and everything, where he's got like two frames. I love it. It's very good. So the professor flies off with Bessie, the Planet Express mm-hmm. ship, and. He is cruising down the the sky road. Mm-hmm. Which just, it's so slow though. Uh-huh. But yeah, by cruising, I mean he's going like 20 in like a 60. Man, I hope he's going that fast. So it seemed like he was going five. Everybody behind him is getting really impatient. Mm-hmm. And these two cars fly up and over and around and whatever. Preposition. They fly yeah, some preposition. A, they're on a 3D plane, so they can kind of fly in. For now. Ooh. And that's a good tease. You know what they say about uh, the third dimension in the first act? You gotta you go gotta, to the second one in the third? Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Who's on the, first? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. These cars fly around, and it's the this uh, it's four street racers mm-hmm. the, from this like street racing gang. Yeah. It seems to be the entire crew. And they are getting real upset with the professor. Yeah, they got, he got to speed up because it's making the streets unsafe for maniac street dra- racers. And I don't remember most of what they toss back and forth. Mm-hmm. All I know is there's taunting and the professor's like, all right, then let's do this. And they set up a race to go twice around Central Park. And the stakes of the bet are that the loser has to pay the other's Medicare co-pays for a year. Which is wild to me because it seems to be one-sided. It is, you know, if you are the professor in this moment, that's probably a good bet. Although, as street racers, that's, that's maybe a gamble because, like, you get in a wreck, there's, some, there's a lot of medical co-pays that go in that. That's true. And then you have your own thing, but it is Medi- it is so are we assuming that everyone has Medicare in this in this 3 3017 hmm. or whatever it is? I suppose that is a bit of an assumption. Or on is my it part. a continuation of today's current uh healthcare situation and in in or on in the Americanized earth? I prefer not to think about that bleak existence. That's that's a fair point. But so, the fact that we've made it to 3000 in this universe is kind of neat. Uh-huh, yeah. So, moving on. Wow. Sorry for the bleak, everyone. Let's go back to talking about Speed Buggy, the Hanna-Barbera cartoon from 1973. It lasted one season and had 16 episodes. It featured a yellow dune buggy that could talk for some reason and followed the adventures of the individuals, a bunch of kids who drove it for some... I closed the Wikipedia page. Yeah, but you were going pretty good on it. I That was all from memory, from... <laughs> the brief look at the wikipedia page and then trying to remember <laughs> what the show was actually about i mean you probably nailed it uh, especially because you've seen it maybe probably i have seen it you've um, seen it but it <laughs> as we've discussed it didn't make any 
any uh, lodging in your brain, in your young, growing up brain? Uh, as Wikipedia says, Speed Buggy is an American animated television <laughs> series produced by Hanna-Barbera, which originally aired for one season on CBS from September 8, 1973 to December 22, 1973, with the voices of Mel Blanc, Michael Bell, Arlene Golanka, and Phil Luther Jr. The show follows an orange anthropomorphic dune buggy who, alongside teenagers Debbie, Mark, and Tinker, solves mysteries while participating in racing competitions around the world. The series was produced by Iwo Takamoto, executive produced by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, and directed by Charles A. Nichols. Now, why did every freaking TV show in the 60s and 70s have to be about solving crimes, do you think? Um, Before I answer that question, I want to welcome everybody to our new show, uh, Ben Reads Wikipedia, The Audiobook Challenge. Um, uh, Now that we're into it, uh, I I don't know. Maybe there was just a whole lot of crime. Maybe. As I know just, that was a, I believe that was a rough time for New York City, and then they were in the process of cleaning it up or something like that. I don't know. I'd have to look up the Wikipedia probably, page for New York City. Oh, and I already closed it. Yeah, we so. can and, and certainly on Ben Reads Wikipedia, the audiobook adventure, we can't read multiple Wikipedias at the same time. Otherwise, we're we're just cutting episodes left and right. So one Wikipedia epi- uh, page uh, episode. Tweet your favorite speed buggy episode to at Back to Futurama. So tweet at Back to Futurama to get Ben Reads Wikipedia, a real podcast. This was a backdoor pilot. So uh, Wikipedia. They 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 make this race around I do Central love Park. Li- I'm sorry, I really do love the live aspect of this. This is very fun. They do this race, and uh, what the the female uh, the, there's one woman in this biker gang, and she's like, ah, dang, like. He might actually win, and like I can't afford Medicare co-payments, uh, <laughs> and yeah, the the professor like transforms all of his ship into like this really fast ship. Mm-hmm. All the junk like shakes yeah. off of it. It looks it, super cool. Uh-huh. It's just cool, cool to death. And then we get a racing montage. Um, we do get a one of the cars end up spinning out. Um, of the crew and this is when the nerdy racer tries to ask out the only girl racer which we we should probably point out um who says that she's with a different one of the racers because he saved her from her verbally abusive father which they kind of go back to as the only thing that this person has in their entire character and it's gross two defining character traits are breasts I was going to go with woman, but yeah, sure. Wait, three defining character traits. Oh, God. Breasts being the first two. Damn it. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> and damn it. And the third one is this backstory about having a verbally abusive father, which is not about the things he said, but about the things he didn't say. Right. Which also, by the way, I think she's the only one that gets any kind of characterization in the slightest. Uh-huh. I don't even know what their names were. I think they said their names at some point. One of them, is the I think the the woman one is Minx. I think, which is also wild to me. Like it's all the, don't expect these characters to ever come back. Is basically what they're saying. And also, don't care about them in the moment. They're characters, and that's they're okay with that. And I, it just sucks because then we've had characters that don't have names before, and we've had to create weird names like Garbo. I'm gonna look up their names. So I think one of them is Sunny. I, uh, I think Mink, Minx and Sunny are going out. And Sunny, I remember being very uh, supportive, which is actually, you know what? I'm going to back up a little bit. I think that's a decent character trait to put on a character you'll never, ever see again. God, sometimes I hate the <laughs> infosphere because it's like, here's a list of characters. Debut, Speed Racer lookalike. Thanks for that. <laughs> that's one of them. Okay. What are the racers' names? I don't know if they've got names. I, I'm having trouble finding... I'm reasonably sure one of them is Minx, and then the the guy he's, she's dating is Sunny. But Okay, Minx is one. Okay. It just lists street racing gang. Uh, okay. Bazo, Jibby, Minx, and Benetton. I reject that. That is not true. That's what the that's what the infosphere says, my dude. I want a c- citation needed. I know it's not Wikipedia, but it's a wiki of some kind. I need to see it. 
Uh, okay, so yes, I, um, I I file an umbrage with the the infosphere, but I will continue that offline. So, uh, the uh, professor is flying the ship around, and then they fly next to, or they fly by Earl and Schmitty, who are arresting Pimperoo, who is a pimp kangaroo. My second favorite joke in the episode, <laughs> which tells you what this episode is like. I do like the 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 idea of a a pimping kangaroo i guess it's just it's a funny name is what it is well i just i like how because we get a very brief shot of them arresting um the the pimperoo and his uh employee and very diplomatic of you um and but it's it's a very brief shot, and so I was watching it. and I was like, "Hold on a second, was that a kangaroo?" Yeah. And then they come back to it, and they it's yeah, literally just a pimp kangaroo yeah. named Pimperoo. I really like how Earl is like, "Well, I can't arrest you now," and literally uncuffs him and hands Pimperoo back his gun. It's that's the rules. It's that- wild, is what it is. So they fly Ruth. off to chase after these street racers. Mm-hmm. And the street racing gang split off into different directions. Mm-hmm. And the professor's like, you chumps are, a li- are afraid of the po-po? Well, mm-hmm. like, watch this move. And he does a dimensional drift where he drifts and sort of phases out of existence. This is kind of uh, uh, almost, uh, oh my goodness, I know the word. Uh, this is foreshadowed by him calling Minx Tokyo Driftwood. Because she seems to be of one of the Asian cultures mm-hmm. heritage, um, it's it's like half wordplay. They you, they made that first one, and then they just keep trying to chase that high of wordplay. And I get yeah. it. They the wordplay is an alluring mistress. It's true, but it, she's very fickle, and you've mm-hmm. you've got to treat her right, man. Mm-hmm. Just otherwise, like us, Moses Jones. Otherwise, she will. <laughs> just slap you and leave you for mm. another man to do wordplay with. Yes. <laughs> Clearly, I have not treated her well because she <laughs> left me in the middle of that sentence. <laughs> it was it was funny watching your face realize, <laughs> I don't know how to jump off of this, but I, I'm going to have to do it. I started that <laughs> sentence without an exit. and well, Welcome to my world, Ben. So it sucks here. <laughs> uh, it's mostly fine. The street racers meet back up under a bridge later, mm-hmm. uh, and the professor drifts back into existence. And uh, they're like, "Oh man, that was a sick move, yo!" And the professor's like, "Thank you." I have no idea what that means. <laughs> it's it's very funny. Uh, they kind of try the pathos of like everybody's running from something. Um, which is fine. It didn't mm-hmm. land because these are one-off characters that you'll never see again. And they are they don't e- expound on what they're running from, I don't believe. So, okay. Um, and then they invite the professor to join their crew. And he's like, again, I don't know what that means. Back at Planet Express, Leela has some good news, everyone. She unveils the new ship. It is always great when other people do the good news, everyone. I do like that. And it is a boxy box ship with rear facing safety seats and a padded dashboard display no and no windows or windshields or anything it is nothing of interest they spend the rest of the episode playing it off as a minivan i'm here to tell you it is worse than a minivan oh yes much worse than a mini- minivan because minivans have entertainment in them you can like listen to music you mm-hmm. don't seem to be able to do this and this. You can look out a window at mm-hmm. beautiful scenery. Mm-hmm. Or, not you know. In, not in this one. Or, or, you know, whatever, wherever you are. If it's beautiful, if it's not, it's probably fine. Everywhere is beautiful. Would you like to go to a business park? Almost everywhere is beautiful. <laughs> I've worked in business parks. We don't need to go to business parks anymore. Why do people keep keep building business parks? Because they sound so good. Oh, but they are not. Uh, Very first delivery they're going to make in this new box ship is to 
Glor- Glorianimus 3. I think I said that right. It orbits a beautiful rainbow giant star. And so they fly out and they're flying around this star where just rainbows are coming off of it. It's mm-hmm. a very beautiful sight. Way, way nicer than a business park. That we get to see and as viewers of the television show. They don't get to see any of it because the only way to see outside of this is on this little display that Leela has. But even that is not like a video signal. It's like th- uh, it's like vector graphics yes. on a screen. Of Wire like, frames. This is where you are and where you're going mm-hmm. and this is the route. And so they are all getting very bored. Uh, they try to distract Leela and the ship identifies the distraction and fires some kind of hardening foam at Bender and it hardens so he can't you know, make as much noise. Good thing it fired at Bender, not Fry. Because I think that would kill Fry. Fry's face can take a lot of abuse. It's canonical. That's true, but can his his breathing? I don't know. Maybe he'll just learn to use osmosis. That's true. Uh, a thing we definitely learned about on today's episode. We He can just touch we, some oxygen and it'll immediately be inside him. We You say we learned something. I think we mentioned it is more accurate we learned more about the 1973 hanna-barbera cartoon <laughs> speed buggy yes. than we learned about osmosis exactly that's where we're at as a podcast not a science one barely a pop culture one meanwhile over in new jack city population believe, isn't it new, zero. new jack city i only saw new jack city maybe it was who knows? I don't care enough. <laughs> it's not that. I'm not pulling up the infosphere a fifth time for this episode. <laughs> Some number of new Jack City. <laughs> I think the number that we've already pulled up the infosphere tells you a lot about our paying attention of this episode. The racing gang just hangs out all day tinkering with cars and racing and rapping about their problems. I think that's pretty wholesome, except for maybe the illegal racing part. You know, because here's the thing, right? In today's society, people are expected to just be tough and, like, not talk about their problems. This racing gang is all like, nah, man, like, we all got problems. We're all running from them, sometimes literally because we're a street racing gang. Mm. But also it's important to rap about those problems. That's true. And then you've, you're building a skill because mm-hmm. rapping can get you out of, you know, the... If you're in a, you know, poor situation, you rap well enough, you're signed by a record deal, and boom, you're out of that situation and onto stages around the world. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about 8 Mile now? I, if if we are, I didn't mean to. Uh, so... Mom's p- spaghetti. <laughs> I almost said paschetti, and I, I feel like I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Eminem should have. Ooh. So... Or maybe it would be em- better if he vomited M&M's. I, I feel like I'm a bad... I'm just being a bad film producer. I don't want to tell Mr. Mathers how to do his job, but maybe he should have said Paschetti. Yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like I almost wanted you to say Mr. M. So, uh, back at Planet Express, the uh, the crew has landed uh, th- this, this boxy ship. Mm-hmm. They think it's time to deliver the package, but actually... The ship auto-delivered the package and returned them safely. Fry is very upset that they didn't have any adventures. And Leela rightly points out, they're a delivery company. They should be having fewer adventures. It's true. So they go to the ready room, which is, you know, the boardroom that they all sit at during their meetings, and look for their next assignment. And Hermes comes in and is like, can you do a thing for me? I need some groceries and Fry and Bender need to go to their karate class. It's Wednesday, of course. Naturally, that's their, their canonically, that's their karate class. It's day. true. And then we get an errand montage. It's true. She goes to the Thingly Wingly, which which is such a great joke. Uh-huh. Like, probably one of the top three jokes in this episode. We have identified the top three jokes <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> I love it. They are almost entirely wordplay jokes. <laughs> it's true. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> That tells you something about this episode, huh? Uh, so, yeah, it's it's this weird montage where they really try to hammer home this, like, it's a minivan thing because yeah. she's picking up groceries. She's dro- dropping the kids off at uh, karate. I almost mm-hmm. said karaoke. Two very different things, usually. <laughs> Sometimes 
you know, you go and someone's doing Don't Stop Believing again, and you're just like, how many times do I have to hear Don't and Stop Believing? And then you kick him in the face. And then it becomes karate practice. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, you kick him in the face. They, uh, and then when she picks him up from karate, all of the, the other kids come with and like... They're eating ice cream. And what, it spills on the floor. And, and she's like, mad because she's a minivan. And so it's... it. They really try to push this Leela's driving a minivan thing, mm-hmm. um, which I think was solidly mediocre. If that. Um, <laughs> it was a thing that they did. So during all of this, the professor sees Leela and... Um, they uh they exchange some words um leela's not enthused that the professor seems to have joined a a street racing gang mm-hmm. and now wears a leather lab coat cuz he's cool is a leather lab coat just a trench coat i think it is i think okay. it 100% is although his has some cool zippers on it mm-hmm. but you could probably have a trench coat with some I think that I think that points way more toward the trench coat side of things than the lab coat side of things. You know, that's a good point. I don't remember his original lab coat having mini zippers at all. Did I ever tell you on this podcast oh, about my no, friend in not. high school who uh, tie-dyed lab coats and would wear a tie-dyed lab coat to school every day? I, you might have, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> that definitely sounds familiar. Yeah, he definitely did that. But, I mean, at this point, let's, let's just go through it again. <laughs> he, like, dude was obsessed with science and the chemistry classes got to do tie-dye because it's a chemical reaction sure and he was like i'm gonna tie-dye a lab coat and i'm like okay see i've heard of other people tie-dyeing lab coats i don't have a problem with that i have the problem with wearing a lab coat okay around as a fashion statement because you like science so much it's sort of a weird move right it's a weird move I have worn a lab coat in a stage production. Cause see, that's fine. Again, in my stage production, I was an optometrist. Uh-huh. See, we that were, makes sense. We Yes, it did. We were not that ambitious as a high school when we were doing stage plays. Did you wear the lab coat to class between productions? No, I did not. Okay. Did you at any point tie-dye the lab coat? No, I did not. Okay. I have much more embarrassing things about that play, but I will not re- not relate them on the podcast. Not today. We'll, we'll get it out of you at some point. You just have my wife back on and it'll all come out. Because she was also in that play. Or I guess it was more of a musical. I did have a solo song. It was nice. So um, if anybody knows out there the, the musical Lucky Stiff, you know what I did. Oh, my. So... Uh, was it better or worse than Osmosis Jones immediately going inside of you? I think what I did on the podcast is funnier than what I did on okay. stage, but somebody was paid to write that other one. I guess we were paid to, but I didn't write it. I just kind of made a bad decision on the fly. Okay. That's the Back to the Futurama, colon, a bad decision <laughs> on the fly. <laughs> you know what? That's... That's probably the most accurate uh, tagline we've ever created. So for the this. Prof- the professor is like, well, unlike you, I'm cool. I drive fast late at night when you should be sleeping. Whoa! And Leela, what a cool dude that is. Leela has had enough of the minivan lifestyle, and so they challenge each other to a race. So they go to the Mobius drag strip, which is probably the coolest thing in the episode it's pretty cool like a mobius strip is pretty awesome it looks vaguely like a um hot wheels yes that's yeah the I, was I was thinking hot wheels because it's like this like the orange but it is somewhat translucent mm-hmm. which i don't think hot wheels ever did i, mean, I think it was they like, did well, translucent everything was cool in the 90s they had to have L- like the purple translucent game boy <sighs> the best oh wasn't it so awesome i miss that like everything is purple and translucent yeah, yeah. aesthetic bring that back nintendo i've seen some people uh adjusting joy cons to be that i've way. seen that too and, and i just so i don't awesome. i don't want to open up my joy cons and try to like make the the thing but like it looks so cool it's so cool i think that somebody makes stickers so it looks that way but you know it's not and uh, it's not good enough it's not good enough i agree you have to have the real thing and nintendo you cowards let's do this 
I know Nintendo listens to the podcast. Mr. Bowser, come on the podcast. And that's the new uh, Nintendo oh, I of know. America. I, I which, wanted to make sure that everybody listening knows. But it blows my mind that the new president of uh, Nintendo of America's literal last name is Bowser. Spelled exactly the same. I do love the the gag. Okay, now we're just talking about gags we like in other other pieces of media. But uh-huh. um, they, on their first Nintendo Direct with Mr. Bowser, they literally said, okay, okay, Mr. Bowser, uh, Bowser-san, it's time for you. And then literally the the evil Bowser started like, and he's like, no, 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 it's he, they're talking to me. And then the evil Bowser's like frustrated and walks away. And it was like, you are a multi-million dollar company. I mean, but also you have to, you, you can't, That's you true. can't not address that. That's true. And also like Iwata and Fizeme both were just goofy, goofy people, including Miyamoto. It's just, Nintendo is like, we'll let you be goofy on these Nintendo Directs. I really appreciate that. But they won't give us atomic purple Joy-Cons. Come on, Nintendo. I want to see Nintendo Direct tomorrow on my desk. And pictures of Spider-Man. And so... I want pictures of Spider-Man. Mobius, the Mobius drag strip. We're getting way off task It's hot in the room, I'm telling you. At the Mobius drag strip. There are no cops, no laws, no rules. Now, here are the rules. <laughs> I do love that line. Uh, basically, they have to race around. Whoever completes uh, a lap wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somehow on the Mobius trip, one lap is two laps. So it gets all weird. Yeah, because a Mobius trip is basically one unconnected mm-hmm. surface. So. Yeah, it's just they they really tried to make that like a joke, and it just really no, was like it. N- it yeah. I mean, it's a Mobius strip. I I I get it at least. I'm watching Futurama. You could probably assume I understand what a Mobius strip is. Leela is winning, which Zoidberg announces by saying, "Yay, the lady from work is winning." I did not catch that. Oh yeah, that's a heck of a line. It's a heck of a line, Zoidberg. Like you wonder why no one likes you. That yeah, that's rude. You should probably know what your coworker's you, name is. You've been working with her for years. So I mean, he's, I know he's oblivious, but he can't be that oblivious. The he's pro- operated on her multiple times. Uh huh. You got an, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's said the word Leela before. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm mad about this. Zoidberg so- Zoidberg demands better lines in this in this farce of a I, d- I didn't know i was opening a whole can of zoidbergs you, well when you open the can of zoidbergs zoidbergs have gotta have respect i also apologize if you hear a cat meowing in the background that cat is so hungry it is 15 minutes till cat dinner time uh-huh and and she thinks that i feed her even though i've never fed her before so the uh so yeah leela is winning mm-hmm. but the professor says that he's gonna uh he he remembers because Leela's like I'm gonna win unless you have some hidden move you forgot about and he has a hidden move he forgot about he does the dimensional drift mm-hmm. manages to speed up into um he manages to speed up and and uh, uh bridge that gap mm-hmm. and then so they are heading right toward each other and then they cross the finish line at the same time, but because it's a Mobius strip, they're going toward each other, mm-hmm. and they crush into each other into this very perfectly round, flat disc. Also, I don't think we ever mentioned uh, Fry is the flagger in the middle of the race course, and he's also squished in this. Mm-hmm. And Bender, who was taking a nap in the back. You know, as you do. Um, everybody's horrified, and this is when Zoidberg is like, hooray, a tie! Which is actually an okay line. I think that's funny. It's the right level of oblivion, obliviousness for Zoidberg. So rather than dying, what happens to them is that because of the the four-dimensional whatever Jim mm-hmm. Jam he's got in the engine, they have now just crushed themselves mm-hmm. into the 2D to the second dimension. Yes. I believe that uh, the professor says it's about the relativistic speed that they were traveling at. I assumed it was the flim flam in the, you know, engine. The unoptabium. Wizard did it. Yeah, a wizard did it. Um, Sal comes in to take the disc away. So. And that Hermes says that Planet Express is out of business if they can't find a new crew. And the racing crew is like, we're a crew. He's like, oh, everything's good. So in this second dimension, Fry and Leela and the professor and Bender Mm -hmm. are all 
two-dimensional. Having an adventure in the 2D plane. And they uh, have some adventures that are all, frankly, kind of dumb. Yeah, and... it's, it's all fine. They're, it, they're gags about the 2D, and it's just fine. They have to step past... They can't step past each other. They have to, like, climb on top of each other. We They observe a 2D egg that we can see because we're looking at it from 3D. It's fine. Mm-hmm. They meet uh, the lords of Flatbush. Mm-hmm. And One of which reveals themselves to be the king of Flatbush. Which they get... Uh, th- they're holding guns at first, but then it turns out they're like, we're having a banquet in your honor. That's what I want uh, when, I'm, when I'm new in a land. Somebody to say, I have a gun at me and say, oh, we're planning a feast for you. Come like, to this banquet. It's like, no, you're going to murder me at this banquet. With that gun that you have in your hand right now. Why don't? Why did you bring the gun? Why do we have to do this? We find out that they can't really stay here because they can't eat mm-hmm. here. Because if they had a, a digestive system that went from their mouth all the way to their butt, they would be bisected. Mm-hmm. And so they just they don't have a digestive system and literally cannot survive. It's unfortunate. They have all the finest 2D foods. Crepes, flatbreads, McDonald's hamburgers. Is it bad that it, I it made me want a McDonald like a Big Mac? I don't, I don't think it it's bad. I I, don't think I, it's I, bad I, hate, of you. I hate I hate them so much, but also I love them. No, so I understand. Much. It's one of those it's, things. It's my garbage food that I love. Mm-hmm. We all have garbage foods that we love. We all have garbage foods that we love. So, speaking of non-garbage foods that I've been having a craving for, yogurt-covered raisins. It's not something that people would expect me to eat. And yet, did I get a half a pound of one? Uh, yes, I did. Did okay. I eat most of that? Yes, I did. Did my stomach feel good? No, it did not. Oh, I bet. Those uh, yogurt covered, ra- like, it, it seems like such a good idea at the time. Mm-hmm. And they and they taste so good. And, they and then you the- eat like 20 million of them. And then, and then your stomach is like, hey, we did not sign up for this. And then you need Osmosis Jones to go in there and do whatever exactly. he does. Yeah, he can clear this whole thing up. Uh-huh. Hey, it was just a misunderstanding, yogurt covered raisins. So that's what he does in the movie, I'm pretty sure. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what that's definitely what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. Guy eats a bunch of yogurt covered raisins, mm-hmm. upset tummy. Mm-hmm. Osmosis Jones stops the, uh, the possible idea of diarrhea. Uh huh. Yeah. That that that's the real villain. That's the most villainous movie <laughs> villain that ever existed. We need to make a sequel to Osmosis Jones where he's fighting diarrhea. Do we though? I think I'd like that. I think we could get that greenlit at a studio. Is what I'm saying. Dream DreamWorks is still a thing, right? DreamWorks, please tweet at Back to Futurama. So, um. <laughs> They uh, decide that they're going to... Uh, they they leave and they get attacked by the 2D guys yeah. for some reason. The 2D guys are... When the professor says they better get to the third dimension, they kind of laugh at that. And then when the professor's like, no, with science, like explains it, he's like, you're opening our minds to new ideas. Kill them! Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I didn't take notes you know, as to why. Fear of science, mm-hmm. as you do. Fear of new concepts and ideas, because it will challenge you as a king. So they fly off. Uh, they get attacked by all these spears, but they manage to escape. And then they uh, decide they need to get back to the third mm-hmm. dimension because otherwise they will starve to death. Uh, Lila points out, uh, the professor says, what's the point of fleeing? Because they can't leave the 2D plane. But but Lila is like, hey, remember the uh, dimensional drift? Maybe that can get us out of here. The professor says, yes, we can, but it's gonna we're going to have to get to the escape velocity of 2D plane during the drift. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Oh yeah, I mean, like at this point, we're playing on update. We're playing wibbly wobbly ball. So let's just go. So they go to the salt flats. There was a sign. It said Bonneville Salt Flatlands. Okay, which is wordplay adjacent. Uh huh. There's a lot of that in this episode, (laughs) as we pointed out. Most of it, yeah. So they accelerate really fast, and then they drift, and then they there's sort of a weird moment where they're in like not quite yet 3d space mm-hmm. um the yeah. only part i really like in that is fry's like hey look up there's some up yeah that's good he also mentions my bowels came back in a really poor time diarrhea was the real villain the whole time fry learned that the hard way exactly osmosis jones too. the fight against diarrhea if you don't have a digestive system you don't have to worry about that you know for oh. the for the brief time that you're alive 
Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I was like, ooh, maybe. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's not a bad. That's not a good trade off for me to have. So back in the third dimension, Sal starts to incinerate this disc. Mm-hmm. And everyone's real sad. And then all of a sudden, the Planet Express ship sort of just comes out of it. It's like, it almost like it inflates out of it. Yeah, it's it looks weird. It looks almost like glass blowing. Because, oh, yeah, it like, totally does. That's exactly what Sal it Because Sal like. is incinerating the ship. And then on the other side, like the the ship sort of like bl- like blows out yeah. of it, like it's like glass blowing. I bet that is literally That's the probably reference what they were going. going for. Well, I mean, they did it because it did look that way. But um, um, so yeah, it they land back in three D. Um, the, the only thing of note I have here is that the the uh uh oh i forgot her name already minx uh-huh. the, the the woman racer she gets a phone call from her dad and gets emotional closure uh-huh for- like she says oh hi dad and then she smiles at the rest of the mm-hmm. gang and gives a thumbs up and everything's good and then uh we get kind of an ending shot of racers chasing uh being chased by the cops and that means it's time to the end of the episode and that means it's time for great <laughs> This episode is an episode. That is factual. It is probably fine. It is non-consequential. Very little happens in it. That's interesting in the slightest. Um, it, the 2D plane is completely wasted because the jokes are not good there. Um, the best jokes are wordplay that we found on the edges of the episode. And I... I didn't take a whole lot of notes about it because it didn't seem interesting at the time. Uh-huh. This is not a good episode of Futurama. I don't th- it's certainly not horribly bad. I don't think it does very well for, you know, uh these characters that basically have one uh characterization at most. Mhm. Um I think that's I mean I get where they're going with the Fast and Furious stuff because I think that was around the time that this started. It's just not good. It's not interesting. It it's it's like eating. <laughs> I was about to say a vanilla wafer, but that has more flavor than this. <laughs> okay, it's, it's basically eating uh, iceberg lettuce. Okay, and you're like that. I ate something. I did. I watched something. I did. But did it have any value? Probably not. It was crunchy water. Okay, so I think. I mean, it's. It's but it's it's not aggressively negative or problematic in a way that I, at least I can tell other than the weird Tokyo Driftwood joke which is probably mm-hmm. not ideal. Um so it's just it it, it the plot it, it is a plot. Yes. I I'm having a hard time. This is one of those ones is hard to place as well because it's just like I mean it just doesn't it everything they go out to do they execute it but it's the bad choice. It's not a good choice to do these things because it's not funny or interesting in the slightest. So I guess it it's just a to me, I guess it's a failure. It has to be, but it's not as much as a failure as uh, Newtopia, sure. which was aggressively negative mm-hmm. and problematic, which we I believe we gave both an F minus. Uh huh. But I believe you're right about that. This one's just non-consequential and uninteresting and kind of a waste of time. So F plus okay that's like i I mean it if at the very least at the very most a d minus okay that's where i'm at um yeah i think that the biggest problem with this episode is that i would actually really like an episode that is actually dedicated to the whole street racer plot line okay because i think that could be fun you flesh out the uh street racing gang just mm-hmm. a little bit more just enough that they seem like characters seem, in any way yeah seem like real characters <laughs> you can still make them like i get what they're trying to do with minx where she is like this archetype from yeah. these type of movies she's got a rough backstory you know whatever but that's all we get from them give give them a, just a little bit more make th- like really lean into that caricature thing Make the actual plot about yeah. street racers. Like, that's all fine. I'm totally cool with yeah, that. If you're going to do Fast that, and Furious, do Fast yeah, and Furious. That could have been a great episode. Yeah, but I agree. The problem is, 
that's that's how it starts right like we we get that thing and then it's also like okay cool now here's a plot line about leela being a minivan mom that doesn't really add anything it's aggressively boring it's aggressively boring it's the type of entertainment you'd see in that ship (laughs) yes and then the whole 2d part i'm like like i i feel like they were trying really hard to get to that point i mean the episode is named 2d blacktop right they wanted to emphasize this whole 2d yeah thing and at the end of it it's like okay you barely spend any time there nothing about is really that interesting or funny or anything like that yeah it just gets pulled in so many directions and i think that first direction they go could have been fun sure but man it just it it flops i think you could probably like i agree with you i think if the first and third directions if you just commit you can probably figure something out you're probably not figuring much out of the the oh no no scrap scrap the minivan plot get rid of that entirely but you got to commit and they don't right so with all that said uh i think it's just it's pulled in too many directions there is some promise there they tee up that ball and then they just barely even swing at it um I'm going to give it a D because I sort of like where it starts and where it tries to like almost go before it gets just totally distracted. And and yeah, you're basically giving it a D on potential. Yeah, no, I'm, I want to see better next time. I'm willing to give it a D on potential because <laughs> like the, the potential means that there is some good stuff in sure. it. It is not totally irredeemable. That's fair. But it is squandered potential and that makes it sting a little bit because I would watch an episode about street racing, uh, professor. That sounds great. Sure. But that's not really what we got. No, we did not. So yeah. So I'm going to give it a D. Okay. Fair enough. So, uh, I mean, neither of us are very positive on it. (laughs) Uh huh. But we want to know what you think about this episode. Um, were we way off about this one? Do you want to see more Fast and the Furious with the Professor? What about our 15 different concepts for an Osmosis Jones sequel? Which one of those Osmosis Jones is 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 are the best ones? We want to know. We it, no, we don't want to know. We need to know. We need to know. It is like food and without knowing, it's like we're in a two-dimensional space, mm-hmm. and we can't eat any of that food. Mm-hmm. But you can see it in a three-dimensional... Your, your opinions are the digestive system that allow us to eat food and expel waste. Think about that. I'm having a hard time doing so, yes. So, we want to know what you think about all of this and more. Plenty of ways to get in contact with us. In fact, we got a con- uh, a message from uh, Ash from our website. There's actually a little form if you go to oh, cool. backtothefuturama.net. You can send us messages. Um, Ash says, first of all, absolutely love the podcast. Went through them all in a month or so. Still not built up the courage for Jurassic Park yet, though. That's fair. That's, I get it. Also, I'm I'm a monster. I discovered a Futurama fact today. Ooh. Uh, I've not heard of before and thought I'd share. Frank Weller, voice of Nibbler, mm-hmm. does the alien voice from Mars Attacks. I did not know that. So that's neat. Uh, wishing you be- wishing you the best from the UK, and thank you for sticking with it. So thanks, Ash. Thanks for listening from the UK, where there is a surprising amount a of surprising Back amount. to the Futurama listeners. So you can contact us through the website, backtothefuturama.net, or you can find... All sorts of other links to contact us there. There's email, back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. There's Twitter at Back to Futurama. Or Facebook, which is Facebook.com slash back to Futurama. And you can also find us on Spotify and uh Apple Podcasts. So find us there, rate us, review us, subscribe, and let's all Osmosis Jones the fight for diarrhea together. That is I couldn't oh, wait, have, for against no crap. I, I couldn't have said it better <laughs> myself. When I said it poorly, exactly. Um, mostly because I wouldn't want to say that in any way. No, that's fair. I'm, so, I'm, I'm tying myself to what I said, and I suppose that's okay. So, uh, yeah, until next time, I'm Ben. 
I'm regretting my my choices in this episode, but I'm Mike. And I'm Osmosis Jones. This is what I sound like. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> this is definitely what I sound like in the movie. You can bank on that. Uh, f- thank you for coming on to the podcast, Osmosis. I'm immediately inside of you. Oh, no! Let's, we're going to have to have an adventure together. And won't that be a fun adventure? And until then... That we're not talking about on the podcast. Goodbye (laughs) from from the the world world of of tomorrow. tomorrow. (laughs) And maybe Mike's colon.